You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. Please, won't you be my neighbor, neighbor and friend? Hello, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Welcome to the Way Station. Welcome to you, me, them, everybody. It's a talk show. I'm sitting on the front of the stage, kind of cross-legged. I like this guy already. He's got a scarf on. This other guy's got... I had a scarf on, too. I'm with you. We're on the same scarf team. Now now he's against... What, 30 seconds? I lost him. That was worth it. I stand by everything I said. I compliment a man, and I get insulted back. Welcome to Brooklyn, everybody. I was in Philadelphia last night. Not happening in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's a great town. Um, I didn't realize how great of a town it was until we did the talk show there. I, uh, I had some fantastic performers on the show. I had a, a guy that's a, a published author, and he's, also, he's a comedian as well. He was on America's Got Talent, where all your best comics are seen. And uh, we had a female comedian. She's been, doing, open, she's been like, doing great for five years, and she's like not bitter at all. And we had this guy that's uh, he's a touring musician, and he like was he was on Jimmy Fallon last week, and then he played my talk show. Like that's the kind of night we had. It was a fantastic night. After the show, we we uh, we went to a, a fan of the show's house, a, a friend of the show. He he's like, you want to sleep here? We're like, yeah, this is better than homeless. We'll sleep here. So we did that. And he's like, oh, there's beer. We could get beer and put it in our bodies, so we'll feel good. And we did that, and it was great. And. Uh, He's, I'm like, well, what else is in town? What, what else is there to do? He goes, well, that's it. You put beer in your body, and then uh, you play video games at midnight. Well, I don't play video games. Um, so I watched my friend play video games, and he played the only video game that they owned, which was this great video game called Sneak King. Sneak King uh, was a game that was made by the Burger King Corporation about five years ago. And we watched this man play this game for an hour. After that... We watched this man play uh, cat techno something. It was kind of cool. We all had seizures by the end of the night, and we slept on air mattresses. Keep in mind, we're all adults. We're not young adults like that great movie. No, we're just regular, medium, shitty adults. And I was like, well, why don't I live in Philadelphia? This place is great. It's way better than things like Brooklyn, where everyone's angry and shit, and it's expensive. Why don't I live in Philadelphia? And then I realized I met... The most successful people I'm ever going to find in Philadelphia, and their only advice was play the Burger King video game at midnight, and you'll have a blast. That's it. I did every. I fucking checked off everything on my Philadelphia bucket list. I threw a battery at a child. It was great, and now I'm back in Brooklyn. Oh, I was just soaking it in. So I was like, oh, why are we fucking doing this again? Jesus, why do we keep coming back to, to New York City? Like, it's never going to work out. I'm not positive like Mr. Jimmy Fallon. I don't have thin suits. I have awkward-fitting suits. It's not the same. Why? Why are we here? And then I realized, oh, okay, uh, steampunk. We're in a steampunk bar. There's a bathroom that doubles as a TARDIS. This somehow makes sense in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. It is so not fun outside. You have to create your own magical world where you attach fans to other fans to make a giant fan and pee in a TARDIS while men in scarves don't like you. Like, that's what you have to do to make things in life work, or not, or you're just going to have fun and kill yourself. It's going to be a fun show, everybody. It's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to talk about things on a microphone, but no, we absolutely do have fantastic guests. Um, Our first guest is Mike Edison. He's going to come up here uh, shortly. But I want to introduce the co-host for the show. Uh, James, come on up here. Please put your hands together for James Adomian, everybody. 
You go to that one. Put your fucking hands together, you pieces of shit. Thank you. Are you hosting the show? You want to host the show from there? Oh, is this your hosty thing? Yeah, yeah. I just got the first available microphone. There's one right here. Oh, okay. There, there you go. No, this way you could leave easily if you want. I naturally gravitate towards the most inviting microphone, and that happened to be the one, old boy. James is my favorite. Uh, we're going to figure out why that is very soon. Take a seat, sir. Okay, here? Yeah, that's good. All right, great. Okay, so James... Just like the old Carson show. This is exactly like the old Carson show. I would love to chain smoke on stage. You know, he used to do that, and then he died of lung cancer like a real man. <laughs> Little known fact, Johnny Carson was a real man. Um, <laughs> it's true. He died of lung cancer, and well, he, he had a smoker's... Uh, and was he biologically male? I don't question that, because I don't see gender like that, because there's slacks on him. <laughs> Was there ever a John, was there ever a Tonight Show without slacks a slacksless Tonight Show? I think you'd probably would have had to look for the short-lived Conan O'Brien Tonight Show for <laughs> oh, something like that. Oh no! Oh Andy, there's a little anecdote coming out from the uh, way station. I noticed <laughs> from the groundlings, and she's doing Phyllis Diller's voice as Joan Rivers. It was oh my god, Joan, Joan! Oh, I'm sorry. You're nice. Eek. Awesome. You know, I opened for Joan Rivers, and it was the worst show I've ever done. Yeah. Well, wait till it's over. <laughs> okay, so James, uh, James was kind enough to do this show before, and then he was recently in D.C., and I live in D.C., and we had a shared... Washington, D.C., not to be confused with other D.C.s. The, yes, the district of whatever she said. Craftology. Crapology. Oh, it's gonna be a great one. It's gonna be great. Anyways, it's great when there's a third <laughs> when there's a third element that's not on a microphone. That's great for posterity. Uh, well, this is a podcast, by the way. Um, so we were together in Washington D.C. because you had a show in D.C. and we spent the day together and we became fast friends. Yes, fast friends because we were walking at a admirable clip. We walked about six miles throughout Washington D.C. We saw Occupy. Yes, we went to the Occupy camp. We went to the one Occ of the two Occupy camps, I yes. guess. This is in Washington D.C. We we got a tour of the Capitol. We got a tour of the Senate and House. We got uh, the inside. Uh, what do you? The inside ticket to uh, the Capitol. We got snuck into press galleries that we didn't belong in. Yeah, and uh, we got we to see. I got to see. We got to see John McCain giving a speech at. Uh, 9, 10, 11 p.m. or something. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was like the last guy there. You know, because I work late, because, you know, I don't. I was kept in a cage so long, I don't have an understanding of day and night anymore. Uh, two things about that night. I don't know if you realize, John McCain's slacks did not match his suit coat. Oh, you noticed? I did notice that. It did not match. And also, he's an extremely frail man. Um, I noticed that he was. Sh like. That he was shaking with rage in a way that doesn't translate on camera when you see the news. Yes, it was great. He was trembling, talking about, like, we've tried to get this bill passed. And what you would see on C-SPAN is just his face, like, I'm a little old lost squirrel in the woods, my friends. And all I want to do is find some acorns for the wintertime. But underneath it, he's tr his hands are bawling into fists, and he's, and he's looking for... Someone to teach a lesson to. It was great. I loved every minute of it. We left. We tried we to left. leave. You left every uh, of the seven minutes that we gave him before yeah. we walked. Uh, we I, I walked like a, on McCain. Yeah, That's McCain it. walked us. Yeah, it was great. What a shitty performer he was. <laughs> so we try to leave. About 20 minutes later, we see more of the Capitol. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I completely understand why people don't scream what they actually feel inside of the Senate, because it's that grand. Yes, 
<laughs> it's true because I, I you were all corrupt. Yeah, and we both were. I was thinking you were going to scream that the entire time. You held your tongue. I was shocked. I was very, I was very uh, restrained. I it was what's coming with myself. Completely shocked. Uh, you had Occupy literature on you. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. I had, uh, I had um, some Occupy stuff yes. from the encampment in my bag, and along t- with the Thomas Jefferson book because we went to the <laughs> Jefferson Memorial. Yeah. We had the most DC day ever. We had a DC wonderful day. And, uh, DC turns tonight and things change. Yeah. We try to leave the Senate. We try we, to leave. We All we want to do is exit the building. And we exit the building as directed. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. go out there. And we went out there. And uh, we were like, oh, how do we get out? We were literally like, how do we get out of here? Yes. Um, Those were then, our exact and words. And then flashlights swarmed us. Yes. Sir, sir, sir. Sir, what are you doing here? What are you doing? What's your business here? What's your business here in the capital of the United States of America, the official Roman Empire of modern times? What are you doing here, sir? Good and, cop, bad cop. Yeah, it's they, great. It was yeah, fantastic. so they pulled us. They pulled us aside yes. and uh, ran ran the numbers on us. And there was a, a classic good cop, bad cop. They took both of our both of our IDs. You have a California ID. I have an Illinois ID. Yes. Where do you guys live? New York and D.C. Okay, this is going to be a great night. Right? Yeah. They, they immediately they were like, "All right, what can we pin on these guys?" It was. They took our social security numbers. Yeah. I start furiously texting the person that got us into the Capitol. Like, uh, this isn't good. Nothing <laughs> good could happen from this. I have a record. Let's not get involved in this. You you are paranoid beyond belief at this point, with good oh, reason. Oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not paranoid. I was keeping my mouth shut. All I did was like close my mouth because of my previous experience with police, which says, "Oh, I'm getting a phone call." Who is that? Is that you? Yeah. Whoa, whoa! Are we being are we being monitored by the government? That is true. Is that the ringtone that you put on for when the CIA or NSA calls you, having listened into something? Brandon is here taking an urgent phone call. My God. Issues of national security are here. Off, oh, oh my God, he's being. There's a man. There's a frog man who's now silencing him. Stop this! The world is watching. The world is watching. The world. Okay, he's back. That was Brooke Van Poppel, who will be on the show later. Oh, that's great. Okay, anyways, back to the story. <laughs> um, yes, we're being detained and stuff, and I'm keeping my mouth shut because I know better than better than to say anything to a police officer. Yeah, but you'll say it on stage and on podcasts that get heard by thousands. Yeah, because legally they're not allowed to factor that into legally, criminal yeah, charges. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm dare I'm, I'm daring them to try something illegal against okay, me. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. <laughs> uh, I, uh, but yeah, yeah, but they they kept uh, they kept monitoring us. Uh, monitoring us. They called us uh, called in our information and like kept us there, and uh, they were like. While they were talking to us, the good cop was like, yeah, you know what? We got to take these extra precautions, you know? I'm sure everything you say is true. It's just we don't know if you're a terrorist or an occupier or something. Like, they put those two terms together. It was great. As if they're the same thing. Yeah. Oh, we, we don't know if you're a terrorist or an occupier, so we got to do this kind of About stuff. About a minute later, we go, can we have a cigarette? He's like, smoke him if you got him, bro. Yeah. yeah. Smoke him if you got him, bro, by U.S. security police. Smoke him if you got him, but don't occupy. Is don't occupy. Message? So you had a great trip to D.C. Yeah, yeah, and then we, 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 they let us go because we don't have any, the, you know, on paper there's no reason to arrest any, yeah, any of Yeah, on us. paper. Yeah. It was great. So then we, uh, we left merrily, and um, I got away with my Occupy swag and my Thomas Jefferson book intact. You really got away with that. Yeah, I really got away with it. So the moral of the story is never go to D.C. The moral of the story is, um, I guess, yeah, stay away from the powerful parts of D.C. Yeah, just go into shitty houses and If venues. you're going to go to the D.C., hang out with the, uh, the normal people who are below the hill. Yeah, pretty much. So, 
That's James and my story. That was a fun story. We got a phone call in the middle of it. We got an update. <laughs> we got an occupied thing about it. Because what everyone's talking about in the uh, middle of January 2012 is Occupy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's on everybody's mind. It's going to be a big voting issue for no one this fall. Anyways, are you kidding me? Do you Do you understand the pulsing and the breathing of the seasons as, as lungs are onto the earth? There's no money, though. What do you mean, no money? There's no money to influence anybody to vote for or against anybody that supports Oh, Occupy. right, right, right. There's going to be massive protests in the streets and, like, at dim, uh, what do you call it, uh, disrupting the conventions and things like that. Yeah, and, yeah that uh, will happen for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the political process is uh, charade. Yeah, and fake. From, okay, good. From top to bottom. I agree completely. All right. This is so everyone, so everyone will be sort of demonstrating that fact. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be like one big Jimmy Fallon episode, <laughs> except not sponsored by a corporation. But he's he's the. Oh, sorry, we got to get off this track. Coming to the stage. <laughs> oh, we have a thing. We have a thing. We have a guest tonight. Yeah. We have a guest that isn't sure if he wants to be here. Uh, he's the author of Dirty, Dirty, Dirty. Uh, he's a podcaster. He's a musician. He's a very fantastic man. He gets to do something that, uh, if you're like uh, a teenager, seems to be the thing to do. And I want to talk to him about it. Uh, please put your hands together. Or Mike, start walking up here. Mike Edison, everybody. All right. That's a, I got a big pop tonight, sort of like the Giants and the Patriots. Ooh. Timely reference. As the last I checked, the Giants were up. Are you a football fan? Not at all. You don't look like Couldn't possibly care less. Is that who who gets to fight each other? Is the Giants and the Patriots? <laughs> the only sport I go for is professional wrestling. Really? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Which who's your guy? Well, you know, CM Punk, the most controversial man in sports entertainment today, and because Brad straight edge is a very good friend of mine. No, oddly, um, that's where we. It's where he and I differ. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a good guy, solid, and a real fucking mensch, a true champ, and a, and a real man. How do you know CM Punk? Uh, believe it or not, he was a fan of my first book. Uh, I have fun everywhere I go, which is largely a book about my love affair with LSD and cocaine and my time doing uh, as publisher of High Times magazine. Yeah, and CM Punk, for those that don't know, is a straight-edge wrestler that's into punk rock music from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's legit. He did no drugs, no drinking for uh, CM Punk. And one of the things he does like on his hands is he has the, the, the black straight, The straight-edge thing, but he's, he's the real deal. You know, He's a real champ. That's cool. And a real fucking mensch, let me tell you. He's a good guy. You think he's a real fucking mensch, but let me tell you something, Michael. I've been in the ring with CM Punk. And let me tell you something, I'm not buying the straight edge thing. I think he has ulterior motives. This is why I like him. Anyways, um, your book, uh, Dirty, 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 it's about four men. Hugh Hefner, Larry Flint, Bob Guccione, and Al Goldstein. Yeah, it's largely about the four Horsemen of pornography, okay. such, as, such as they are. Of course, there are other uh, heroes and anti-heroes in the book. John Lennon, Helen Gurley Brown plays Where do part. you stand on the John Lennon Le- issue? Lenny, Lenny Bruce uh, is certainly um, one of the heroes of the book. The John Lennon issue? Yes. What would that issue be? He well, you know, is, it in, is it inside or you know, is it he outside? Was a, that he was a junkie cocksucking thief, that issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pro you know, or con? You know, I got a lot of heat in my first book because I put down the Beatles so masterfully in my first book. In fact, in the index, and I'm really proud of this, any punk rocker would be, if you look at the index of my first book, I Have Fun Everywhere I Go, it says Edison, comma, Mike, and the first thing under it is Beatles, comma, disliked by. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Will that be on your team? Will that Between, be on your tombstone? The, the fact that, that that and that there's a picture of Liberace on the cover of that book are the two things I'm most proud of in my career. Who do you think would win in a fight, Liberace or Lennon? A fair fight? No. I'm taking the fag every time. 
Okay. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Jesse the body Ventura is always going to bet on the man who wants to fight a man for sexual reasons. I love Liberace. I really do. Speaking of sexual reasons, okay, why did you write this book? I mean, you were an editor of High Tens, but you've also written for things like Hustler... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked for Hustler, and um, I've written many, many penthouse letters. Yeah. Um, I was sort of like a gun-for-hire mercenary penthouse letter writer. Um, I was the editor of Screw. I'd been doing porn for years. I wrote 28 pornographic novels. Yeah. Um, Why? Because it kept the lights on, dude. Do you enjoy Uh, it, or is it just another (laughs) job? Is this like punching the clock for you? Well, you know, maybe it starts out that way. You know, lines get very blurry. Let me ask you this. Does punching the clock ever... Get horny. <laughs> it's a physical act of punching a clock. You know, I mean, Screw was the best job I ever had. Screw Running Screw was the best because that was just a license to ill. I mean, there was – it wasn't even that we were on a long leash. We had no leash. Um, I'm missing it now. Here we are in political season with, you know, you know that troll Gingrich running around and um, all those, you know, those gay-bashing you know, hoodlums running around. And our default position with a guy like Santorum or any, any of these douchebags, really, is just to bend him over and fuck him up the ass because – that's what we think is funny over at Screw. <laughs> you know, we put a strap on on Hillary Clinton and, you know, and, you know, ride it up the shitter of the Republican du jour. And I'm really, really missing that right now. I really miss doing Screw. And like I said, the problem, though, is that um, not only did uh, like I said, we had no leash, it was like we just really didn't know where to draw the line. Anything went. And I remember in 2000, which is right before the demise, the final demise of Screw, mm-hmm. We had worked um, our finest work. It was a big spread. It was called the Manchurian Cocksucker. <laughs> Your finest work, of course. <laughs> I mean, we're very proud of it. We, who was this referring to? We, well, we well it was John uh, McCain. It was the whole gang. It was the whole gang? No, that no. no this, this is, is two thousand. This is two thousand. No, no, no. This was this is uh, John Kerry's uh, moment to shine. In two thousand or, or not? Two thousand, right? Two thousand four. Two thousand four was John. Two thousand four, John Kerry. That's right. So it was two thousand four. We Jesus. got you again on the you facts. Got me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> welcome, yeah, welcome to this week That's with right, David was, Brinkley. <laughs> yeah, meet the press here at uh, the way station. Yeah, two thousand four, right, John Kerry? That's that was the year the GOP convention was in New York. Was that two thousand four? Yes, it was the right. Republican That's, convention. Was Republican. In New York. They took yeah. credit for nine eleven here in New York City. Y- y- that was the y- platform. You know, they I'll tell on. you something. The fucked up thing is, right? Terrorists attack New York. Planes crash in, into the island. The country's at war, and New York is the staging ground. And everybody says, I'm not moving a fucking inch. I'm staying in. I'm digging in because New Yorkers are tough. The GOP convention comes to town. Everybody flees for the fucking hills. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to my friend's house in New Jersey for a week. Did you do that? <laughs> we stuck it out. You know, it was right up the street. We thought <laughs> we it was. Stuck it out. We, we, Look at the blackout. It, it was a hurricane. This yeah. was near Katrina. Right, right. We thought it was going to be a boom time for our advertisers to screw, which are like chicks with dicks and transvestite hookers. You know, the kind of things that we figured the Republicans are really going to go for. They do. You That's know? what the, D, the DC the DC. <laughs> Gay bar scene is populated by uh, spooks, we, like, like the intelligence guys. We figured Are you serious? Was, yeah, totally. I know yeah, that. Langley, Langley, the Pentagon. Yeah, that's that's who goes to gay bars in Washington D.C. We, we 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 put on the cover. We thought this is going to be great. We're going to do so much business with these, you know, moralizing, hypocritical douchebag Republicans. We put on the cover and said, "John Kerry is a big fag. Welcome Republicans. Screw sells <laughs> out." <laughs> What I like about you is you confuse the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Not too difficult a trick to turn, apparently. apparently. No, I'm a very simple man. Okay, uh, is you said that at first it was kind of fun, but you have 28 pornographic novels. Yeah, well, like I said, that's a job, man. You, were, I was keeping the lights on. I wrote a book a week. You know, Are I they? Did such a thing? No. 
Um, everybody wrote everything. I wrote a um, book a week. A book a week. Yeah, they're the um, short novels. They're like the fifty thousand word range. Can I ask you this? Are they part of a unified whole, like the works of Marcel Proust? <laughs> yeah, the, the Au revoir of Mike yeah. Edison. Um, <laughs> no, everybody wrote. Everybody wrote everything. My first book was called Cindy's Brutal Ordeal. Um, it, was, it was an S and M book. I got. They sat me down and gave me a talk. And they said, "Well, you know, here are the rules of the S and M books." Um, Nothing that doesn't heal. Nothing leaves a scar. We like happy endings. The rules of the house were, you know, there should be plots. The book should play in three acts. It should be real books. Okay. Nothing that doesn't really happen in real life. No space aliens coming down. Nothing like that. It should be fairly plausible. And I said, this guy's looking at me. He says, well, there's one other thing. There's one other thing. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No shit-eating. He looks at me like, like you know, like he had broken my heart. He goes, I know. It's hard to believe there are still Puritans in this business. <laughs> Have you put shit-eating in a book since? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what isn't every book. Do you book, find though. elegant ways to disguise shit-eating <laughs> with my, metaphors for something else? Not my thing, but what isn't every one of my books is the cocaine penis. Okay, I do <laughs> Um Once upon a time... Uh, <laughs> The legend of the cocaine penis, kids. <laughs> Gather round the campfire. <laughs> um, I just sort of stumbled across some book my mother was reading. I think it was um, yep, keep going. a Harold Robbins novel. It's one of these trashy, you know, you know, six-inch thick romance yeah, you know, you know, novels. Um, you know, this kind of, kind of trash that middle-aged women read. And I sort of opened it up, and I turned to this page, and here's this guy putting a bunch of coke on his dick before he fucked his Asian hooker up the ass in some rotating round bed with silk sheets and blah, blah, blah. I could not believe my mother was reading this, and since then... It's good for the dick, it's good for the ass. And since then, I can't, I can't hardly look at my mother without thinking that somewhere in her head is a cocaine penis. But I, I made sure I included that in every book I ever wrote. You think All, the penis is in her head? Sorry. The cocaine penis. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that my, my mom was reading such filth. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I didn't really know how to like broach the subject. You know, does, we, your, uh, does your mother know what you, you do? Yeah, yeah, she knows. She's just happy I have a job. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> it's Trust tough me. times out there. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to the book really quick. I uh, want to talk more about the cocaine penis. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that Don't was, you love podcasting? That's my tag. You know, that's, uh, I just want to keep talking you, about the cocaine penis. If you happen penis. to pick up a paperback book, this is in the days before VHS technology was affordable, and these paperbacks used to flood Times Square. So if you happen to come across... Mandy Shame, Cindy's Brutal Ordeal, Busting Susan's Cherry. These were mine. I know. Uh, Rich Man's Sex Toy. Yeah, that was me. And my masterpiece, my interracial homosexual Obermeister, His Black Boyfriend. Ooh. His Black Boyfriend. Which was about Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in the first WrestleMania. Um, you see, what would happen was they'd give you the titles to the book, and they'd say, sit down and you know, write your book. And I said to the boss, I said, you know, hey, Skip, you know, not for nothing, but what do I really know about gay sex? And he said, listen, you got a hole and you got a pole, and it don't fucking change. Now sit down and write your goddamn book. <laughs> and, I, and I sort of, you know, I sort of, you know, molded over for a while until I had the idea his black boyfriend was going to be Mr. Uh, T and Hulk Hogan, the first WrestleMania, in the book they're called Tito and the Champ. And after that, the book just, the book just sort of wrote itself. Hold on a second, Michael. It was, it was based Are on you... the lovely Charles Chiaroscuro, the lovely Chiaroscuro of the white man's mayonnaise being splayed in the black man's face. Wait a second. I want to know <laughs> what you're saying here. Are you alleging that professional wrestling is homoerotic? <laughs> I didn't know that when I ran for governor of Minnesota. <laughs> Men in tights. Men in tights. <laughs> I wear tights and a feather boa, but I'm not homosexual. <laughs> oh, Jesse. <laughs> What's your sex life like? It's awesome. 
Really? Still? Yeah. What do you mean, still? Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> suplex? Do you ever put anyone in a suplex? It, it's awesome. I, I would describe my sex life as being um, exactly probably where it should be for a bachelor in my station of life. Okay. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, what for, does that mean? I don't know, for a fledgling author. I'll tell you what. You write a book called Dirty, 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 and you go to bars and start talking about unfolding the mysteries of the vagina. Women dig that. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, isn't an orgasm an orgasm? I mean, like, how many ways do you really need to come on things? Isn't, isn't like, one good? You, if you, you know, if it? you have to ask that question, I ain't telling you the answer. But that's why you're on the show. Like, that's I need to know the answer. Listen, if you don't get it by now, you ain't never going to get it. But I orgasm. If you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know me. I'll tell you one thing, um, a real threshold to cross about becoming adults when you realize that there is such a thing as bad sex. Tell me about it. Well, I, I, had, a, I had a tag team match. <laughs> It was it was me and and Ted DiBiase versus the Wild Samoans, there, and I've never had a more unfulfilling accidental <laughs> orgasm. Well, there is nothing more embarrassing for both parties involved than getting head from someone who knows not what they are doing. But, it is, but who she, knows not what they are doing? You know not what head you are giving. Forgive him. But isn't it just the? How do you tell somebody? You know. How do you tell somebody that? You ever get the tap on the head? I bet you have. You've gotten the tap, haven't you? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, oh, the tap. Not, not me. No, 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 no. But then I do. You're think... always on top, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of selfish, and, man. And, and you're topping from the bottom, boy. <laughs> oh! He knows how to talk it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> do you ever live blog instead like a book? Do you ever dictate a book while someone's having sex with you? <laughs> Yeah, seriously, that's a good question. Do you ever do you have something sex with me? Yeah. Do you ever take notes on a book, like or like write persons of your book during like? Quiet? Yeah, do you have a book? Do you just hit record in the bedroom and go? This is it. I'm, Transcribe it. I'm too busy making history to be writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. That's a astounding claim for someone who's the author of 28 books. He said, <laughs> and two, and a memoir, and in a history. Well, a, you, know, you know, you know, you know, the thing is about fiction. 30 books. They just make that shit up. <laughs> ah, true. Speaking of making shit up, this book isn't made up. It isn't, and it's uh, it's the real deal. Um, okay, I, so I, think it's, I think it's called journalism, actually. Yeah, yeah, journalism. It's a pop culture book. Social historian, I am, according to according to some. Okay, but why did you want to do this? Because you have an inside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the story is it's a great story, and the story has never really been told. Um, Obviously, things that I, I care about very d- deeply as a journalist and a guy who was a magazine editor for a drug magazine, sex magazines, and wrestling magazines. Um, yep. Seems, seems somehow I didn't do a crime magazine, but that's sort of just some sort of oversight. Um, although I pro- wrestling probably qualifies. Um, this is a story of free speech in America. This is a story of fighting for that real estate on the newsstand. And the idea that someone could be arrested for going to a bar, much like we're doing right now, yeah. and, and speaking this kind of language. Lenny Bruce was arrested in 1961. So what you're saying is cocksucker. I'm as important, if not more important, than Lenny Bruce. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I said. <laughs> um, 
It's a good story, you know. It started with Hefner, and you know. Maybe but you're not really risque. a fan of Hefner. He's a douchebag. He's okay. a doddering old queen. You know, I, 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 I would. Why applaud, are you against? I would applaud his bisexuality that. if he would just come out, admit it. Okay. You know? Just come out of the closet, you know. But because he's a withering old fucking cocksucker. And the more I found out about this guy, is the more I realized that you know you really need like a snake and a flashlight when you're around Hugh Hefner. He's not an honest guy. He's very cynical. It's all put on. He's very angry. He hates women, Hugh Hefner. Okay, hold on a second. Does he have a coterie of boys who are like the uh, like the the black and white version of like the girls who are public? Like there's like a. <laughs> There's the what are you the negative image and they're all boys like in the, in, in the private room no, in the study if you will no but I have a good authority that while he's having his Viagra zombie dick sex you know with these hookers and, and you sound jealous jealous you know you know this guy these are the most negative stereotype reinforcing surgically enhanced bimbos money can buy. And frankly, to me, it's not a fucking turn-on. I don't want to see a girl with no pubic hair. I don't live in fear of pubic hair because I'm not some provincial fucking frat boy. I'm a real man. I'm with you, but... Is it really Hugh Hefner's Yeah, fault? you can clap. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, is it? Is it, is it <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I could draw a straight line I right back to him. I pubic as, hair. <laughs> as, as like this, this, this horrible trend in America of everybody shaving everything at all times. And oh, I look, completely right. get that. And if you look at Maxim or Pentas, and where's the hair? It's like it's not even normal. These people look like inflatable Barbie dolls or mannequins. I get that. I get that. I get that. But and if, if you don't like real women, you don't like women. Okay, I agree. But... Isn't the like whole um, stereotype of the Playboy centerfold more to blame from like uh, I shitty don't like, I don't uh, like dads women. and uncles than Hugh Hefner? Like, isn't it? It's, it's more, I know that Hugh Hefner's a big part of the culture here, but he. Do you still think he Wait has any influence? Didn't he? But what didn't he consciously go into into the business knowing that there were a bunch of shitty dads and uncles out there? Yeah, he's just capitalizing on yeah. the obvious that we've all known. <laughs> well, you know, men are men are like that. We are Gaga. Stupid when it comes to women. We really are. And guys like Hefner and, and Flint and Al Goldstein and Bob Guccione knew how to turn our stupidity into gold. You know, the dross of our libido okay. into a fortune. That's fine. I mean, the, to me, the women in Playboy always look retarded and subnormal, especially in, in the early... Don't say subnormal. <laughs> subnormal. <laughs> especially in the early magazines. I mean, you know, they got this sort of like their eyes are too close together. They're staring right at the camera. It's not sexy. Oh, you, you, you know? hi. <laughs> I'm accidentally here in front of the camera. You know, now when you take a look at Penthouse, one of the great yeah. joys of doing this book was when I was looking at Penthouse in the 1970s, I mean, these women are, are like super dynamite. You don't, you don't want to... They're real. They're, they're real and they're sexy of and they're time. steamy. And what Bob Guccione did was he empowered the viewer, right? He took it with a, a, voyeur's, a voyeur's view okay. of photographing his women. And maybe it's a cliche now to put Vaseline on the lens and shoot through gauze. But he invented that. Okay, but like, what about the American apparel guy? Like, isn't he kind Jeff of... Jeff Charney, what? Okay. See, like, hold on a second. I want to say, I want to address all the rape allegations that have come out in the last week. I no, look. Nothing about American Apparel is not consensual. Everything I do is environmentally blah 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 blah. <laughs> but don't and you everybody think... wandered into my warehouse, asked for it. <laughs> don't you think Charney is is uh, trying to capture the real girls of America and just exploiting them in a different way? The American Apparel. Dude. The American Apparel dude. Man, I, you know, not living in Williamsburg. I'm just not hip. I'm trying to think of the last time. I live in D.C. No one's ever called that hip. <laughs> D.C. Dude, you were on an air mattress watching a guy play video games in Philadelphia last night. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's why, that okay. was the whole premise of why I do this, because I just got to keep living those dreams. 
You know what, Brandon? I'm, well, well, I'm wondering. Well, hold on a second. Duff, I, I'm Duff Charney Mr. here. I just wanna, I'm interested in having you be my next American Apparel model. What do you have in mind? Sprawled on an air mattress. I'm with you. With your butt in the air. In. And a little video game controller. You're wearing a half-top camel toe. Where's that half-top You're wearing toe? a half-slap back sling. I like that. And it's all it's all 100% cotton. It's all 100% United States American made. I'm good. And you know what? You sign a you sign a waiver, so nothing I do can be against it's rape. Cool. American Apparel. <laughs> you turn it off. There you go. Go for it, Swinger. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Um, you do seem to have like you've carved out a life where you get to play music. You do a radio show. Yeah, I'm, you write, I'm lucky. You write sexy things or about sex. Uh, how like that's awesome, right? I'm I'm one fortunate cat. I actually get to do what I really love to do. All I ever wanted to do was uh, play music and write. That's and, cool. So for the and, fourteen year old, you know, and do a lot of drugs. And, you know, for the fourteen year old kid out there that wants to do a lot of drugs, put things into things, and play music, <laughs> what should they be doing? They like, should be coming down to American Apparel's <laughs> open auditions next Tuesday. <laughs> well, what if you're in Wyoming? What if there is no American Apparel around? Wow, what if you're in Wyoming? We have one store in Jackson Hole. <laughs> and believe me, it's deep inside Jackson's Hole. Man, I feel so sorry for America. I really do. Why? Why? Have you seen this parade of numbskulls like like the Republicans are putting on TV right now? I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me with these people. And this represents America. Half the country is going to vote for one of these chumps. Okay? R- Mitt Romney has already said, like, if he were like the president, he would want porn magazines only sold in liquor stores. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. Well, okay, let's cares? make this. No, let's, but, yeah, you get, you you get know, that. And then, like, you know. like that one vice pit. Let's put all our sins in one place or whatever. Both it's parties. Like, are trying to destroy the internet as well. That's They're both more, clamping down on the internet. Yeah, I think that's a much game. more. But this country is issue. so afraid of sex. You know, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, it it's, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a country that loves to fuck but is afraid to talk about it. It's a country that is absolutely horrified about the reality of it but keeps running towards it. You think it's going to change? No, it's not going to change. America's got a Puritan hangover that's going to last forever and ever and ever. And that's like why that, we're, we're, we're talking right now about this thing. It's incredible to me that a picture of a naked woman would still be controversial in 2012. When my book came out um, recently, it was only a couple, been out a couple months, some of the reviews weren't even reviews. They were like tirades about pornography. Mm-hmm. There were just these large platitudes using my book as sort of a launching pad to talk about, is pornography misogynist? Is it dirty? Is it filthy? What's obscene? It's like, haven't we been past this already? I mean, I don't I mean know seriously. Have, no, you know I mean, what? seriously, haven't we gotten past the fucking fact that there is pornography? Men want it. You can't fucking stop no, it. No, no. Okay, I don't prohibition think... doesn't work, and it's protected speech. Period. No, I don't think we've ever talked about it openly. That's why. Th- that's why you're, it's still being brought if up. My well, mother, hold on. There's if a symposium... my mother was able to talk to me about the cocaine penis at dinner in an open, honest, and mature way, maybe, maybe it would have helped me. I want to say I'm sponsoring <laughs> a symposium on pornography <laughs> in the American discourse. We're going to have it at my small little movie theater. <laughs> uh, it's right by the Brooklyn Naval Yard. You know, there's a password and everything. If you want to find out details, go to AmericanApparel.com forward slash adults only. <laughs> I think your book is good. I think it is. Uh, I, think it, I think the dialogue is never going to be over with. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I think we should be talking. I think men should talk to women, and women should talk to women, and men should talk to men, and whatever possible combination mm-hmm. should women you t- on. should women talk to men. Hey, whatever gets you through the night. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in your case, it's not such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs>
Awkward. All right, so let's plug your stuff. People can find you at? MikeEdison.com. Uh, there's tons of video uh, up on MikeEdison.com. There's excerpts from my book. There's lots of uh, my other writing, um, cartoons, comics. Um, and the radio fun- show? And my radio show is the Mike and Judy Show. Uh, we stream live every Sunday on the Heritage Radio Network. You can also find that <laughs> at MikeEdison.com. Follow me on Facebook. And on Valentine's Day, we'll be doing a special Dirty Valentine's Party at Manitoba's Bar, 99 Avenue B in the island of Manhattan. Brilliant. I'll be there with um, my, the current version of my Delta Science Micro Orchestra, which is the world's greatest piano player, Mickey Finn, and the legendary D-Pop on drums. We'll be telling some dirty stories. And for the very first time, due to popular demand, I will actually be reading some of my penthouse letters. Yay! <laughs> and maybe even excerpts from his black boyfriend. Yay! Oh, All right, final question. We end every interview, and I remember the book from a book of, from a question from the book of questions, Love and Sex by Gregory Stock, PhD, a truly awful book. Mike, I need you to pick a number between 86 and 235. Uh, <laughs> he knows the 103. page numbers. 100 and what? 103. 103. Fair enough. I hope it's the cocaine bong. penis page. I mean, what, would, what, what would you do with that knowledge? I mean, that'll fuck you up. Knowing that your mom's got a cocaine penis in her brain, it will I, fuck you up. No. My mom uh, is asexual but wants to fuck a priest. Uh, that fucks you up more than a, someone with a sexually healthy appetite. Well, that means she's in love with a personality yeah. and, and part of God. No, I want her to, like, crave cocaine cock. Like, that'd be great. That means she has a desire for something rather than something that she knows will never make her happy. Yeah, I want that. If you could get my mom to crave some coke and cock, I'd give you a dollar. Right, or you could just do it for fun because that'd be a that's fun. That's the thing I never adventure. realized about cocaine. It is guaranteed to make you happy. <laughs> I mean, and then there's the, the oh, other man. things happen, but like you know, it, it you know, will make you happy. You know what I miss? Oh well, yeah, crack. Uh, I miss I never... crack. Wasn't crack great? <laughs> God, I'm, I'm I'm winsome just thinking about it. I, uh, crack was so good, you know. So no, much, I don't know. It was so much. I'm fun. a young man. It was so much fun. The idea selling cocaine in two dollar increments, what a fucking genius idea. <laughs> you know, I mean yeah, eventually, yeah, no good was gonna come of that, but while it lasted, oh boy. Cool. Oh, yes. One oh three. Mankind had found. What it. is the longest lovemaking experience you've ever had? In this interview, without a doubt. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. We did it. When's the, when, when's the money shot? Uh, in the business we call it the pop off. Wow! <laughs> thanks, guys. Mike Edison, everybody. Thank you, Mike. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I'm butting in to let you know that I wrote a weekly column for this website called Brightest Young Things. The name of the column is called Behind the Desk, and it's pretty much whatever is applicable to this talk show or talk shows in general, things that I find fascinating. It goes up once a week at brightestyoungthings.com, and you can find every column at youmethemeverybody.com. So if you haven't been to the website in a while, that's an excuse to go. Once again, it's called Behind the Desk. It's a weekly column I write, and I'd really appreciate it if you uh, gave it a glance. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, how are you, Brooke? The man, the myth. <laughs> he said we could use his material. Okay. So, Brooke. Yeah. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks. You were about to say something, but then I cut you off. Oh, I was saying the man, the myth, the legend. What? Brandon. 
the body, the blood, the machine. Now hold on a second. What's the mythology? Yeah, around there, is there is none. There is this loud guy that yells at people that are kind enough to do his show. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that it's guy. awesome. Top five. <laughs> awesome. All right, that's not how. Is that how I? Oh fuck. I'm just trying to reduce you to a thing. Hey, top five. Awesome. It's the best. It's the worst. Top five. Yeah, that's, that's you know James. Yes, yes. <laughs> not as not as much as I'd like to. Yo, how, now, how do you two know each other? He's one of my top five we, guys. He's awesome. Yeah, he's the best. Five, we live five. here. We pull this curtain around <laughs> the stage and we stay here. It's fantastic. Right here in the showbiz pizza stage. <laughs> I, uh, the uh, the Rock of Fire. Um, wait, what was that gang called at, at Showbiz Pizza? That the animatronic. Oh, fuck. There was a gang know. of them. Oh, oh yeah. Showbiz Pizza. Yes, Rock Rock of Fire. Rock no. Th- that's one too. It's a it's like a hick band. Like uh, there are two different ones. What buzzatrons? No. Yeah. The one group had like the cheerleader. What? Uh, like the, the bear swing and simpletons. And... <laughs> yeah. Let's oh, just I keep have going. no okay. idea. But then there's like the jug band with the bears. That's what the band I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, okay. the Belushi bears. But there's another one. <laughs> the John Belushi's and his famous dead brother. I, I, in my head, it's the other way around. The other way around? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm glad you fictionalized reality and tragedy for everyone. Well, I made it better. I took canine off the table. So it does get better, folks. <laughs> Brooke, thanks for doing the show. Brooke, thanks. you're from Chicago. Uh, Michigan. Outside from of Detroit. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And then you moved to Chicago. That's yep. how I uh, know of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, anyways, you're funny. Thanks. Why did you start doing comedy? Why? Why did you start doing comedy? Why did I start? Um... Great question, first of I all. I try. Yeah, well, you're never ready for that one. Well, yeah, well, they, you know what, it, what? What Brandon doesn't know, since he never actually started doing comedy... No, 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 I don't. ...is that uh, it just happened. It's just sort of an impulse that happens and pushes us all, like... It's it's a great way to put it. Imperceptibly. It is an, it is an impulse. It was an impulse for you. How was I, it an impulse? I would say, probably at a young age, you know, there was, there was an inkling to perhaps be a stand-up comic because I, I would watch Comedy Central nonstop and I was I was really, really obsessed okay. with the art of it. Um, I had no idea how you become that. Yeah. So I just, I was like, that's not a possibility and uh-huh. I never, ever, ever pursued it. So I did like a lot of like, like shadow, like artistry or like a lot of things that are kind of on the outskirts of being a comedian. Like? That, well, like I, I, uh, I started volunteering and then eventually running a film festival like at a really young age. So I was working with actors and people, you know, putting together and directing independent films. Yeah. And that kind of fed this desire to like, like where I was like, I want to write and I want to be an entertainer somehow. And, and, I had no idea how to do it, so yeah. I just kind of randomly moved to Chicago. Um, I thought you had to actually be a theater major to take an improv class. Like, that's really? how little I knew. And then I had a friend who was just like, like she's like, you pay for it, dummy. You know, Somebody somebody would be checking your college credentials. <laughs> I know. Like, thank you. We'll be in touch with your registrar, and you'll receive a phone call in a week. In a week's time. Did you do um, improv and sketch and all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I, I started with that, thinking maybe I wanted to be an actress. Yeah. Um, and then I, I ended up... I lived really close to this really kind of legendary Chicago... Uh, I.O.? Oh, not I.O., but like the stand-up open mic venue. Where a lot of, you know, just fantastic people who are doing great now uh, all started. And so... What, Lincoln Lodge? Uh, no, it was called the Lion's Den. Lion's yeah, the Lion's Den burnt really down. Sweet. That one didn't burn down. It oh, got turned into a shitty Irish The pub, other like one everything. burnt down. The other For one. insurance money. Oh, really? Which yeah, one? that's true. The Which one, one on, um, fuck, uh, 
Halstead? Near Diversity. No. Uh, yeah, Diversity and Halstead. That one burned Wait, down. Wait, was it Cherry right Red or which no, one No, was no, it? That's no. That's Lion's Den across the street from Guitar Center. Now we've captivated oh, the people okay. from eight years ago. Great. Uh, by the way, the name of the band is The Rock of Fire Explosion. Rock of Fire Explosion. Thank so you, I was Appreciate it. Well done. Um, you know, so like... So you burnt down an open mic. I burnt down an open mic, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, ah. No, I... I I was like, you know what? I live literally blocks away from where stand-up can start from square one. Okay. And so I was like, I should just go look. Yeah. And I kind of like, you know, timidly went in and I sat in the back. And there's that feeling, I don't know how you were. Like, I, I did it for three weeks in a row, just a creepy stranger lurking in the back. And then I, I kind of got, I got mad. I was like, there's... So many of just the exact same opinion over and over again. Yeah. Like there were no ladies getting on stage necessarily. Yeah, it's great. And I was also like, you know, I'm not going to be the best by far. But yeah. I was like, I'm also there's no way in hell I'm going to be the worst. There are oh, no. so many bad people here. And so like it was like that that idea that I could just be medium and try something maybe. Yeah. And yeah, it was so I don't know. And then it just kind of stuck. It, well, it's good that you did it when you did because this is before like the big. The kind of a stand-up boom right now, in a way. It's very weird how people I'm seem almost, to care. People is, seem to care. Is, I, is, is it a, is a stand-up in. boom? Is a stand-up boom like a sonic boom where it you, everyone notices it and then it goes away a little instantly. bit after it's gone? And yeah. then there's like ten nerds that follow it obsessively. That's what we're in yeah. right now. No, but this is before lots of conspiracy theories <laughs> about it. <laughs> this is the MySpace era of comedy. This is pre-Facebook. Right. Uh, the stupid. That's the stupidest thing I could have fucking said. Anyways. Um, that's the same, like, scene in a way that produced, like, ten of the guys that you'll see on television every fucking night now. Right. Yeah, and those guys are all great, and none of them really fit into, like, the club comic persona. Right. Um, Whereas the club comics, like, maybe during the 80s and early 90s, yeah. boom, they were going on to network television as well. Yeah, it was their time. It, it was at that time, you know? But it was... <laughs> You know, obviously we know the obvious ones, yeah. but now it's it seems sort of like fringe comedians are coming to the forefront, yeah. getting their scripts sold, and yeah. also it turns out they've got acting chops. Do you, is that what you're going for? Do you actually I, you right, want to be an actress still? No, I mean I will end up acting, but okay. like writing is number one and being really? funny and yeah. All What's that your stuff, ideal so. writing gig? Um, a few of them are coming true right now. But oh, really? Like, yeah, writing for television shows. Can we and, talk um, about that or no? Sh- uh, yeah, sure. Do I you mean, mean to say that you are living your ideal? <laughs> I'm living my ideal. Actually, right now. This is ideal. Ideal. This is, this ideal. Is we made it. I did, I do, like, I read up on this uh, Doctor Who theme bar. Yeah. And, uh, are you yeah. a Doctor Who fan or no? Uh, my, my roommate's really, really pushing to get me into it. Yeah, it's the best. So, it's it, the best. I... I I, I just sh- I shy away from it because I understand once you start watching it's a it's commitment obsessive. it's obsessed it so I'm like I just quit my job so you know but my you quit your job b- you quit your job for good things for good things yeah, that's great so I think soon I'll have time for Doctor Who but no, uh, you, you should do it um, okay what advice do you have for like me because I'm not good and I want to get good uh, you spent a lot of time at the open mics but you left Chicago after how many years of doing stand up about three and a half was that the right time or should you have waited longer. You know, that's something that I've I've chewed on a little bit. I I'm a perfect example of someone who maybe left too soon. Um, right as things like Chicago started to get a ton of attention, um, about a year, even like six months when after when it first I got left. listed on Google Maps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I feel like like talent scouts were coming to see mm-hmm. all this great stuff that was happening in Chicago, and I had just for my own reasons, jump ship. I was, was just like, I, you know. Was your quality good enough when you left to be here? 
and yes. get up a lot. Okay. And, and you know, and so no complaints. Um, I don't know that I would have gotten better and had the same experiences had I stayed. Like, okay. It was turning, you know, long story short, I, I was married and ran a show with my husband, and then we divorced, and I just kind of walked away from everything. Oh, that's nice and so, awkward. Isn't that great? The fact that you kept doing it is impressive. Yeah, running a show together. Um, that was, you know, luckily I got scooped up by one of the clubs in town, so I was allowed to work and get better in an arena away from everyone while okay. I was kind of dealing with the tough situation. Yeah. You know? So. Is that, okay, so if I want to write for television, I should get divorced. <laughs> get divorced. Uh, burn down an open mic. I could do, do well, let's I could do that. I could probably, I host an open mic and the, the bar definitely could use the insurance money. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not very good. Have you been to D.C.? Yeah, have you ever? I've been on Family Hammerline three times. That's okay. That's a good one. That's There's a like fun three one. good shows there. That's one of and them. And then um, I've never done the Arlington Draft House. That's a good that's one. Really, that's really a good fun. one too. The rest are eh. swell oh, place. They put me in the bar. I loved it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did a really fun one uh, at a place called the Gibson, that, Sup- the Gibson Super guitar. Snotty Secret. Yep. No, 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 not the Gibson Guitar Room. The Gibson. Oh cocktail yeah, I hosted speakeasy. the one prior to that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, a speakeasy, eh? A speakeasy. Yeah, 14 oh, Sure, a cement block. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It was the worst. Um, yeah. A soft shoe joint. Oh, it's the worst. It's so bad. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay, I'm in a place that I don't get to see people like you two. Like, you're in New York. You're in New York now, but you used to be right. in L.A. I'm uh, everywhere. I'm always. Yeah, you're I'm with you. Wherever the two or more of you are gathered, I'm there. So we're going to go to Philly next and then Baltimore. Uh, like, where should I? what should I be doing? Like, if I want to be around people like you other than move because I can't afford to move right now. It, like, is there you move anything? all the time. Yeah, but you know, like not weekend move. I mean like living somewhere. Like I want to be able to curate funny people like you two in D.C. Is that even possible? It's not possible. Is it There's just a nobody waste of like time? that in Washington, D.C. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Not a one. Not a single one. Not ah, a fuck. One. All right, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst possible advice either of you could have given me and no. I completely well, take it. it. Hey, like, you want some real advice? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Here's what. I, here's my advice for you. Uh, put up an advertisement on the New York Times website, <laughs> NewYorkTimes.com. That'll get the new kids from the internet. Oh, Jesus. Speaking of the internet, everybody likes to click on the New York Times. How do you? What's your writing process like? You say you're writing for television now. Like, how do you know what's going to be for TV and what's going to be for the act? I I don't. I've submitted. I've submitted a lot so far, and okay. sometimes it it ends up in both worlds you know uh like if i think sometimes you have to be wary like oh like i don't want to necessarily accidentally incorporate some of my act and suddenly it it shows up on a show and then if no one knows you're writing for it and you're still doing it in your act yeah has anybody ever accused have anybody ever accused you of stealing like Like your material from from, yeah from (laughs) yeah uh, that hasn't happened yet, but I, I'm starting to see how that could come back to totally, it could happen. you know, shoot you in the foot. Um, and so I, I think it, there is a, like a level of organization of being like, all right, this is a sketch. This is for my stage time with really? stand up, and then this comedy. Well, I think we all come up with bits where we don't know what it's going to be yet. Oh, I never and know. It's, what it's, it's very it's amorphous. But I mean, you should hang on to is it, it all. Is it a quip? So is it a sketch? Is it a bit? Is it, is it a, a tweet? Is it exactly? So um, you have it like categorized. Sometimes I actually I got, the, I get very ambitious and then it fizzles out. Okay. Very quickly after a few glasses of wine, but wine's uh, good. Three three binders. Seriously. And I was uh, going through every comedy notebook and ripping out a page that I'm like, oh, that's a joke. Putting in a joke note binder and go, oh, this is a this is potential for a script script binder, and then this is this is sketch and et cetera, et cetera. 
Is That's it the way professionals do it. You gotta, you gotta set, separate them. Do you actually do that too? Uh, informally, I'm very yeah. disorganized, but in an informal way, I have different lists for different things. Yeah, really? Yeah, I have to learn these. Uh, things. I'm extremely disorganized, and uh, probably any person in the world could run my life better than I do. <laughs> yeah, but in the dumbest way I possible, I, I say, yes, I do that. Fair enough. Who? I- no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've learned uh, this might sound a little crazy, but Craigslist is great for finding an intern. You don't have to be anybody. Someone will be your intern. Do you have an intern so right now? We're, <laughs> we're currently uh, about to start working with, you know, kind of an intern um, on, on a show that I'm working on. Just in the neighborhood. Are you, you, are you paying them? Or? No. Oh, cool. All right. No, no, no. But there's a lot of people who... You know, look yeah, the at the experience. at the scene, and right, and they might they might be younger and want to eventually be a producer. You got to get an Mike intern. Mike's getting an intern. Mike's everybody. got an intern. And based on actually what they learn, it could possibly be turned into some sort of school credit if they're still in school because it's real life experience. But believe it or not, you just put it out if there. If there's some professor crazy enough to give you a college credit. For experience with a bunch of crazy at, people. At these liberal colleges, I'll tell you what. These don't, liberal don't colleges. Any, anything into a credit. But I'm sorry, what were you saying? We were, no, no, I wasn't actually. I'm glad okay. you kept going. Um, I was just thinking of if I have a daughter, I never want her to intern for Mike Edison. That's all I'm thinking. No okay. offense. Yeah, but send your sons to him. Yeah, I'll send you my boys. Send your you sons boys. to war. Is that cool? You get my boys? Yeah. All right, cool. You're going to have some uh, kids pop them out and send them to Mike? Great. Cool. Yeah, sure. Now you feel awkward and weird, and you're questioning whether or not you should have done this. Uh, no, I Fair just, I, it's fine. You okay? Oh, yeah. Don't Good. worry. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like wine? It, uh, Would you like some ice? No, no, no. I just, I just, I just get some it. ice. I love it when, but, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm such a sensitive flower. I'm like, I don't give a shit what you just said to me. Settle down. It's fine. Me or you? You. Honestly, it's fine. Oh, yeah. She doesn't give a shit what you said. Settle down. Yeah, yeah. I'm the Lenny Bruce of this stage right now. Hold on. You just heard that from earlier. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Call back, everybody. (laughs) Who are some of the people that uh, some uh, comedy fans don't know about? Who should they be following? Who should they be following? Uh, Obsessively. Obsessively. Like disciples of a Christ figure. Sure. Uh, That's a great question. Uh, No (laughs) one comes to mind immediately. I... Got my head up my own ass a lot. Uh, That's good. Yeah, you know, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Sarah Schaefer. Sarah uh, Schaefer? Nikki Glazer is also great. People know of her a little more. Yeah. Um, My best friend Jocelyn Hughes in Los Angeles. She's funny. She's fucking great. Isn't she from Chicago? Yeah, we used to be roommates. Oh, that's cool. uh, She left me to write for Tosh.0, but she's not doing that anymore, so. So you can, Uh, okay. No, 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 she's not. Uh, Julia Rossi. Um, I love John F. O'Donnell. He's like one of my favorites. Hey, well, wait, 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 wait. You, you like well, J5. Of course. Wait, well, why would you like J5? Well, why wouldn't I? What, what are you thinking? Wait, wait, are you crazy? Why am I thinking I'm crazy? Hold on a second. Whoa, you really think I'm crazy? Hold on a second. Wait, well. Lucas Melendez. Lucas is very good. I've written He's about great. Lucas. I, I like know. Lucas a lot. He's yep. very good. He's great. Trey yeah. Gallion. Um, Keep going. I can't think We're of anyone else. We're just going to make you list every comic that's ma- in your phone right now. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. This guy, James. James. Yeah, like, like, two, like two hours in, like, I don't know. I saw, I saw, I saw Matt Bronger do a set that wasn't too bad. I liked that okay. Kyle Canane on occasion. I'm not a big, like, this is honestly one of my biggest fears right now. Like, what, I'm, having I'm, to list friends? Yeah, li- listing or just listing you know, uh, I know like, because if you have a moment, you would prepare remarks, right? Because I really, like, I, I really like to think about it, and I like I, I I have a little bit of a meltdown 
Do you ever experience this? Yeah, you know, I would go to a record store mm-hmm. and I would be overwhelmed by great choices, and I would be like, I don't fucking know what I like. Yeah. Like I would experience like this freeze just because I'm like, there's so much good stuff, and I feel like. Just name anything in New York City. Like, there's great stuff in Philly. I love D.C. I absolutely love coming to D.C. I cool. really do. Los Angeles. And anyone who's doing something cool and, and performing from the heart and doing grassroots style, like, it's it's just so much more fun than what's on TV. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on TV. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, like... But only when you work on TV. When you Hey, I mean, yes, I would love to work on TV for a paycheck, but I will never stop going to see live performance, and I hope, you know, the art of live performance And you're not like a newbie out. to this. Like, you've been performing for a while. Yeah, it's been almost so nine I years. Will only stop, awesome. do, I will only stop being involved in live comedy when there's, like, uh, human communicable bird flu and stuff. When it's, like, right. physically like, dangerous to go support really live comedy. If, it's not phys- if there's not, like, zombies or bird flu, go support live comedy. Domi, how long have you been doing this? What you, we, did you use my last name? J- James Adomian? Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. How long have you been doing this? Doing, doing this, uh, like, like, 45 minutes? How 45 long are we minutes? on here? About an hour. Uh, no, it's starting, did you stand up or sketches or anything on a stage in front of people? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I used to do plays and things. Nope. And then Your own stuff. like you, you, My own stuff. Yeah. In uh, 2003. Oh, so you're roughly nice. the same, like yeah. eight, nine years each, and you're still excited to, like, seek Comedy. No, no, I'm quite winded. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> that completely makes sense. I'm waiting sense. for a second breath. That, that is very impressive to me that after nine years you still want to go out and see people well, perform. Well, because you can start to um, you know you can start to see the results of what of how it's built, and if you you know everyone's so freaked out about what's next, what's next, yeah, yeah. and that's a normal way to feel. But if you don't take a minute to stop and say like I started with nothing, yeah, absolutely nothing, and now I get to. You know, I might be the baby, uh, you know, like in terms of experience and credit or anything on a bill, but I'm getting, I'm starting to be able to perform on the same stage as people who I yeah. idolize. And that's like, that's a, if you don't stop and realize that whatever you believed in and whatever your weird method was, like, you know, you're not going to appreciate where you've come. And so, like, of course you stick in it, you know, you stay with it because, yeah. That is very inspiring, actually. Well, I'm I in that kind of mood. I'm in that kind of mood That's tonight, awesome. So. Like, I, I, I will blow smoke up above your asses, but it's true. Oh, mm, this question is from the book of questions, Love and Sex, by Gregory Stock, Ph.D. I need you to pick a number between 86 and 233. 175. 175. 175. Do you seek advice about romantic issues more or less than about other things in your life? I would say less. Why? Why? Okay. Uh, I mean, oh, you could lie. Yeah, no, that's okay. fine. Uh, you know, every, everyone's obsessed uh, with relationships, trying to get into them, trying to get out of them. God, I mean, I was obsessed with trying to get out of one for a long time. I can be a little bit of a pussy that way. Uh, it, 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 you know, I just couldn't, just couldn't pull the ripcord and just get out. But uh, it got real. Ugh, it did. I know. What? What? what you look so scared. But, I, um, I am awfully scared. But I think, like, I only talk about relationships when it's it's kind of dramatic outside of that who cares everyone's gonna have one at some point in their life i like to be there for my friends but i also you know don't like to bore them 
with details unless it's like really important. You seem like a well-rounded, so. actualized adult. I've been through some shit. All is right, what cool. I'm going to say. Katrina. But uh, yeah, I mean, like they're great if you can get one. That's the only. Make it that's work. the only disaster you're familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> well, all the others are racist. <laughs> yeah. It's my uh, favorite. So why? What book is that? And what's the book of questions? Love and sex by Gregory Stock, PhD. We used to have the kids book of questions by Gregory Stock PhD but we've gone through all the questions that's why I ripped them out so we don't Got have it. Re- questions that repeat I would also say people who spend too much time thank you who spend too much time uh, worrying and talking and psychoanalyzing oh, the shit. art She's of a talking relationship about me. she's talking about me that's like time you're not spending out in the field playing the game yeah you know what I'm saying yep you gotta get out there in make the some, arena as Teddy Roosevelt put it make some mistakes Indie aria yeah go out there and get on fail blog because yep. then fail hey it turns out then you uh, succeed that's cool yep yeah exactly that your goal should be to fail absolutely because then you should try to get pwned <laughs> yes we can Say some wild stuff to someone, you know? Who cares? Well, it could be horribly offensive, and it's just mean. Wild doesn't have to be offensive. You could can be, be up front. People that, might, are... that might be gold. Did you, I want to write for the show Wild and Out. Wild and Out. Yeah, yeah. that's my goal. Was it the show, Nick that's Cannon. the improv show? Yeah, Nick, Nick Cannon. Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, my, that's, my, that's my comedy god, Nick Cannon. It's great. He's high on the list. I know some people who write for his I was on his show. Yeah. Were you? One of them. Which one? Uh, the Nick Cannon show or something? Yeah? How was it? It was great. He's a good guy. Why are you ruining this for me? Why? You know, he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, great. I no, I mean, I mean yes, he doesn't man. care that I'm alive. I shouldn't even I'm sure he's actually a nice guy. He's I'm completely just, forgotten about me. I'm just mean. I'm sorry, Nick Cannon, listener to the podcast. What kind of... Uh, this is a little... He old. writes in every week. <laughs> <laughs> he does it in stale mail, too. It makes it more personal. Mm-hmm. You were saying... Uh, this might be a topic that's dead in the water, but uh, I see that you... I didn't get to read it yet, but I saw that you read a really big article uh, about Eddie Brill. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That might not be interesting for the podcast. I don't know if as many did people... Did you take him down another notch? No. Did you Did you get him fired from life? Oh, I wish. <laughs> that would have been great. I, that would have been great. No, my premise about Eddie Brill is like, he's... Yes, he's a sexist guy, but it's not because he's actually a sexist human being. He just... I think he's an old guy. He's, he views club comics as comic as comedy. And so if you don't fit into a club setting, you're not going to get on the show. Now, you'll see, what, eight to... It's like an 80% male ratio in clubs, unless mm-hmm. you're doing an ethnic night or something like that, or an or all-something night, okay? Therefore, you have an 80% chance if Wait, you're Do male. you think that ethnic people are not male? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, in terms of comedy club nights, then it's about an even split. If there's right. an ethnicity night, it doesn't matter what gender, because it'll have, like, all Hispanic, equal. doesn't matter. Gay night, doesn't matter. It will have both. Now, if a regular night, it's pretty much 80% likelihood you're going to see a straight, white, male comic over the age of 40. And what I'm saying is, uh, how about everyone that's not uh, straight, I think some of those people white, over the age of 40, 40 would probably say they were under 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know what fair. I mean. Yeah. Casting. Like, there's a reason, like... No offense to Tom Papa, but like, there's a reason why Tom Papa is like on the Tonight Show all of the time. It's nothing against Tom Papa, but there's a lot of other nothing against him. But the son of a bitch doesn't deserve it. Yeah, exactly. You're saying that's exactly what I'm saying. Like that shit is old and hackneyed, and it needs to die out. Well, I just but no offense, no offense at all. No offense. Great guy. It's not Tom Papa's fault. Great guy. Great friend. It's not Tom Papa's fault. And hell, it's not even Eddie Brill's fault. But it's the guy above Eddie Brill being like, "Hey, uh, new blood, old fucks. How about that?" 
No one's saying right. that. Th- the first black female correspondent on The Daily Show debuted two weeks ago. This is supposed to be the most progressive show in late night. It took 16 years. Get her out of there. I'm right. boycotting The, the Daily call, Show. I can't stand that kind of thing. And the went out specifically looking for ethnic female you know, Daily and Show And shouldn't it just been like, who's good? For the last 16 years, and like, I'm not saying The Daily Show is bad. It's a great show, but there should be, you know, a, a more wide variety of booking. More, and I agree. And you I know think- what, Brandon? I think that you should have more of a like slash and burn mentality about show business. I think you should come in here and say things like, "Get them all out of there. Definitely. Throw the bums out." All of television, fire everybody who has a job in television right now. Me. Then I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That, and it, and that's what I think we should do. And if we say this, and then anybody that means who has we a get job. to move into the, we get to move into this category at some point. Get ready to be disposable. And then fire me. No, Throw well, me that, bums out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. That's how it goes. Then fine. Yeah. We're out of here in a couple of years. I just too, want but. unemployment. <laughs> I only want one term in office. Yeah. Well, here, and I, but I also qualified it with there are like three really good bookers of late night right now, and that's the Conan staff, uh, the Fallon staff. And the Kimmel staff. Uh, I agree Fa- with you on the Conan Fallon's, staff. Yeah, Fallon's not really okay. had too many chicks. Conan's really? had a, a handful. No one's. No then one's I take had, it all back. Fuck them all equally. Well, no, then. I'm, I'm just saying. A in general, handful, and I'm not even, I'm you not know even what I mean. But uh, I, I do feel like it's really crazy that I feel like it's an internet kerfluffle, just bullshit Eddie internet Brill? stuff. Like I just, it's un, it's a little unbelievable to me that he lost his job. Whether or not it was time for someone new to maybe take it over, like I feel. Like he's been bumped on a technicality when he's actually a good guy who said something stupid on the internet, which, as we all know, is real life. No, but it was recorded for the <laughs> New York Times. It wasn't a I, random blog. No, it wasn't I know. this it, show. It, it wasn't, yeah, out, I was going to say, wasn't, it is it, don't you have an alternate title for this podcast <laughs> yeah, called New York St- Times. Saying Stupid Things on the Internet? <laughs> but I don't take that if, you know, I'm just saying. No, I don't I think feel, Eddie Brill's sexist, and I, I've heard he's yeah. a really nice guy. Yeah, he's But a I think dude. he has an old school mentality of comedy. The whole thing is And old that's school. the problem. So, and I, I just found it really interesting how everyone got their panties in a bunch when I'm like, are any of you currently even giving a shit about Letterman? I just find it, it's just like, I'm not worried about it. I'm Watching all the new stuff roll in, and you, you know, yeah, but, but you know where to watch. You're not. A where do you watch that at the at the old docks? <laughs> at the old docks. I just watch the new shit roll in. But if you're a 14 year old kid once again in Wyoming, and like, where are you finding this shit? The most average place that one can come up <laughs> with. True, we got a 14 year old kid in Wyoming that listens. Let's say Wyoming. 14 year old in Wyoming Normal. is not staying up to watch Letterman. I stayed. Up, I stayed up to watch all those guys when I was 14. Right, because it was fresh when you were 14. It's not. But I would, I would get excited when somebody new was on and somebody that wasn't a shitty club comic, and that's what I'm saying there needs to be more of. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I thought it was an interesting topic. I, I saw that you got a lot of heat. So you think you're no. the average kid in Wyoming? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's me. Guess what? You don't have television. Oh. I have the internet. Yeah, if you're I lucky. go to the public library to download my podcast. Yeah, I walk two miles across a dell and a dale, and then I get the internet. And then I put it on my Zoom recorder. All right, all right. So now you plug things in Wyoming. This guy, what's up? Did that? Did that upset you? Got a you? table full of Wyomans over there. No, no, no. The Eddie Real thing, because you see. No, no, like... no. I, f- I feel it was. It, I like. Unfortunately, I feel like this hopefully sparked one of the last like really exhausting debates on the topic but i yeah. feel like he kind of was a martyr for the cause by exposing it as you know i don't care is I'm not, he I'm our, not, I'm not is he our christ and messiah yes i'm i'm trying to you know make it all sound better than it is but yeah i mean i, I do think it's uh it's, it's just really it's just really insane that one misstep uh 
you know, in, in, you a, in an online publication. That's all you get. Boom. Scrutiny at the top. The New York Times. The New York Times, you know, anytime anyone has a blog, whatever. I mean, yes, fine, the New York Times, it's great. You have to pay to read it online. How, how wonderful. Why, when, my question is, when do we lure the New York Times into an embarrassing interview? Where we go like, hey, was it a good idea? Are you proud of that Iraq war thing that you sold us? Yeah, 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 because Iraqi people don't deserve to live. And we put that on the Internet and be like, hey, New York Times, you're no longer in the New York Times. Yeah, I, I would go for that. Okay, cool. But, uh, where can it. people find you? It was a very interesting, uh, very interesting week in news. But um, where can people find me? Yes. Uh, my website, brookvanpoplin.com. Uh, my Twitter is BVP Comedy. Yeah. BVP, I like that. BVP. That's my nickname. BVP. Thanks BVP. for doing this. Thanks. Brook nice Van Poplin, everybody. Yay. Hey, thanks for listening to You, Me, Them, Everybody. It would be awfully kind of you to consider donating to keep this show alive. But we understand that money may be tight right now. So if you can't donate, please sign up on our mailing list. We promise it's not too annoying. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. James Domi is one of my favorites. You can find him Brandon on... Brandon Weatherby, let's go crash. What, is, what, what building should we crash next? Building a religion. Uh, or both. Yeah, let's try to get into the Supreme Court. Okay. Let's go for each branch of government. Do you want to do a sex question before you leave? Yeah, sure, why not? All right. Pick a number between 83 or 86 and 235. Uh, 233. Perfect. All right. People often proclaim that marriage is, quote, for better or for worse, end quote. What in your present, relation, in your present relationship has proved to be better than you imagined when you first met? What has been worse? How do you think your partner would reply That's to the same question? That's a huge question. question. Wait, 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 wait. What is it? People often proclaim that marriage is for better or worse. What in your present relationship has proved to be better than you imagined when you first met? What has been worse? How do you think your partner would reply to the same question? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, what's been better than before we met is that um, uh, I'm getting fucked. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Getting a nice little dick action. And what's is it worse, a little dick? What's that? Is it a little dick yeah, or a little Yeah, it's a action? nice little dick action. That's the way I like it. So you like little dicks? Nah, you know, like just a little bit, you know. No, I don't know. Well, you Clarify. know. No, you should know. I have medium dicks. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but I guess what's worse, plural dicks, what's worse is like as soon as it gets good, then all you remember is shit. I can't get married. So that's what's worse. Legalize it. Well, we're in New York City, so I guess that's so kind of a moot point. And now you have to. I'm get not going to start scream, stop screaming about it though. Until you have to legally get married now. <laughs> no, just because just because we're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. No, <laughs> thank you, James. Thank you, Brandon. You, me, them, everybody wants to thank you for listening and also for subscribing to us on iTunes. We can always use the extra support though, so why don't you say something nice about us on iTunes? Go ahead, give us a five star rating. This type of thing helps us out a lot and doesn't cost you a dime. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Weiss. What's up, um, viewers of You, Me, Them, Everybody? Thanks for coming out tonight. My name is Allison Weiss. This song is called Fingers Crossed. It goes like this. But I don't know what I want Search 
searching for reasons, yeah, reasons to carry on. Wake up, shake up, sleep, cause it's work to do today. I need time, I need direction, I need something to say. I got my fingers crossed in my hopes are high, so I'll try to stay calm, try to stay dry. With the plan so outrange Nothing I can do to save me And nothing I can change I got my fingers crossed And my hopes are high So I'll try to stay calm Try to stay dry I got my fingers crossed And my hopes are high So I'll try to stay calm having the best Sunday? TGIS? You know what they say. It stands for Thank God It's Sunday. So, In case you're wondering what that stood for, Thank God It's Sunday. So, You know what I mean? Because, because it's Sunday. This next song is about drinking. Yeah! TGIS, say it with me now. T G I S. Uh, this song is about how sometimes two people get involved with each other. And uh, sorry, I just really, I just really love that. Like, right at that perfect moment when I said this song is about somebody in the back just happened to be yelling "Fly Away Home," which is a movie about a girl who um, fucking raises a bunch of geese. Which is like the best. You have no idea how badly I wish this song is about a fucking girl raising a bunch of geese. And st- right? Fly away home. Yeah, see? Um, it's 
in fact about getting drunk and making poor decisions. Here we go. There's wine on my shoes from the time that I spilled it that morning and knew that you were the one who made me believe that things could be different to my disbelief. The damage was done, saying it won't come out. So now when I look down, I see who I see. like you so empty because the drink that bottle dry three songs but the email also said or however many you like so because I had some lovely friends come who are sitting in the front row and also some other lovely people who are sitting in the back in the shadows who came from uh, the UK not my friends you guys came from like a block away just fine you did a great job but like that guy and girl back there in that booth they're literally from another country uh, I'm going to play a quiet song. I just put out a 7-inch, and this song is on it. But the version of it that's on the 7-inch is like... Um, <clears throat> what was the, the version of it that's on it is, is uh, an electronic song. Good story-wise. Anyway, <clears throat> this song is about uh, a time in my life when I realized that every time I start to date a new person... They could look me up on the internet using Google.com or a number of other search engines. Yahoo, AltaVista, whatever the fuck you want. Ask Jeeves, who is Allison Weiss? Um, and you may, they may find all of my lyrics and then they'll think that I'm very emotional. 
which is a code word for crazy. So here's the song, which is not a solution to the problem. But fuck it, here it goes. This song's called Why Bother? Not a mystery. Everything I think is written down. Keeping me from keeping you around. Can't keep my feet on the ground. And there's a million ways that I can fuck it up, I always do. By making plans and making them too soon. Can't make much sense out of you. But why bother? Cause I'd rather call it off than wait for it. To work, why bother? Cause I bet you're better off with some other hopeless jerk. And I like you, but what can I do? It's too much space to make you stay. And there's a price to pay for doing what I do, but I can't stop. I open up my heart like it's my job. I tell myself it's over, but it's not. It was the first verse, and now I can't remember that second half of the second verse. So I'm just gonna. It's over. Something, 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 chorus. But why bother? Cause I'd rather call it off than wait for it to work. Why bother? Cause I bet you're better off some other hopeless jerk. And I like you. But what can I do? It's too much space to make you stay. This is the emotional instrumental breakdown. Fucking feel it, you know? Mystery. Everything I think is written down. Yeah, everything I think is written down. Keeping me from keeping you around. But why bother? Cause I'd rather call it off than wait for it to work. Why bother? Cause I bet you're better off with some other hopeless jerk. And I like you. But what can I do? Too much space to make you stay. It's too much space to make you stay. Thanks. The song's called Nothing Left. I'd like to dedicate it to, to my McDonald's Joanna Casher. <clears throat> it's not what I want. From your side, it's not what I want anymore. It's not what I want anymore. I'm waiting for answers I won't get. I'm making excuses I'll regret. Staying closer, I get nervous. It's not what I want 
hopeless and you're fan of uh, a Swedish a Swedish pop singer called Robin yeah fuck yeah you are um, so I'm gonna cover a Robin song thank you somebody over there said perfect I love it so this song's called uh, call your girlfriend and it is a it is a fucking dance jam um, but I'm gonna take it down. Don't you, don't you dare. Don't you dare dance. Don't you dare dance. <laughs> anyway, this song's, this song is by Robin. It's called Call Your Girlfriend. Give you reason 
fault Say it's not her fault But you just met somebody new Tell her not to get upset Second guessing everything you said and done When she gets upset Tell her how you never mean to hurt no one You just tell her that the only way Her heart will mend Is when she learns to love again It won't make sense right now But you're still her friend And then you let her down easy down easy Call your girlfriend It's time you had the talk Give your reasons Say it's not her fault But you just met somebody new Don't you tell her how I'll give you something that you never even knew you missed Don't you even try and explain how it's so different when we kiss You just tell her that the only way her heart will mend is when she learns to love again It won't make sense right now, but you're still her friend And then you let her down easy down easy Call your girlfriend It's time you had the talk Give your reasons Say it's not her fault But you just met somebody new And now it's gonna be me and you right now but you're still your friend and then you let her down easy let her down easy let her down easy let her down easy your girlfriend it's time you had the talk give your reasons say it's not her fault thank you uh this song is called i was an island it's on the seven inch that i talked about before and i also have a record with me that this is on You came along Put your boat in my sand Hand in my hand Your heart in my songs I was a fighter And I was so brave But I lowered my sword When you held me and swore You'd stay, stay, stay Oh, I can't do this alone anymore 
saw what I just did, but I, pl I played a screaming guitar solo, uh, and I did a monitor stand, and the uh, fucking flames shot up on either side, pyrotechnics was like, it was like, wow, and then I slid across the stage, all the way across on my knees, um, and then I just continued shredding, uh, and it was really impressive. <laughs> Yeah, and there's like a fog machine, and the lights were like, pew, 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 and there was like a thunder sound, it was like, and the crowd was like, and I was like, thank you! Um, and uh, no one will ever forget that moment. All right, this song's called Making It Up. It's on a, it's on a record that's not out. Am I making it up? Was it all in my mind? Were we ever in love? Was it all just a lie? Am I making it up? Was it not what you said? Was I never the one? Was it all in my head? Tell me you remember Tell me you remember The way you used to call me Come 
Thanks. This next song is kind of loud, so apologies in advance. This one time, when I was 17, I played an extremely loud song in a, a bar in my hometown of Flowery Branch, Georgia, where I used to play an open mic every Thursday night, and I was very excited about it. So I went and I played this new song that I was also very excited about, and it was extremely loud. And afterwards, the open mic host, who I knew from going there every single Thursday for a year, came up to me and she said, you know how the sound system works. It was too loud. Please don't come back. So that's the story of how I got banned from an open mic at age 17. Here I am today. Fuck that place, am I right? Nothing like getting on a stage and being upset. What? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so thanks everyone for watching. My name is Allison Weiss. I live in Brooklyn. I have a band named after myself. And uh, I play shows. I go on tour. I have records that I sell. Uh, if you're interested in coming to see me again, I have a mailing list, which you should totally sign up on or you're never going to find me again. Not true. Zero emails. I really send out nothing except for a notification that says, hey, guess what? I'm down the street right now. Let's hang out. Um, so just get on it or whatever. I'll have it in a minute. My next show is February 16th at Spike Hill, at which I will be performing with a full band, which is what I normally do. So if you're interested in coming to hear that, it's going to be pretty extreme. This song's called Don't Go, uh, and it's on that seven inch that I've been talking about. Thanks again, Brandon, for having me out tonight as the musical guest on You, Me, Them, Everybody. Yeah. .com, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, which, which is where you'll be able to hear this later because it's podcasted. Yeah, so if you want to re-listen and re-listen over and over again for the rest of your life until the end of time. Do it. Fucking me too, right? Sorry about the cursing. Um, song's called Don't Go. All the numbers on the clock are new to me I gotta get more sleep Stay up late nights, wasting my time Planning out how I can make you see It's what you really
hearted I can do without I know I'll never be the one that you adore Turn around, stand my ground, settle down Settle for a story for he never got me very far Got on my frustration in the god forsaken car Somewhere deep inside of me I know that you are part of the problem Slash listening. My name is Allison Weiss. Please come say hello. I promise that I'm cool. Allison, Allison, that was fantastic, but that was it was way too loud. It's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. I get to do the show in a bunch of different cities and meet a bunch of fascinating people. And someone that did the show over the summer is here tonight, and uh, he just got back from Abu Dhabi. So uh, Ned, come on up here. I want to talk to you about Abu Dhabi because this is a real place that you've been. It's not made up. Here, take a seat. You can, move, you can move the seat up so you're not like completely bad. Or you could stand. I don't care. I feel like an old blues musician. Do you want to stand while I sit? No, it's a bit awkward. All right, cool. Okay, yeah. so Ned was on the show over the summer. At All one of you? And I was very... That's not helping. I was very mean to you. You were. So I want to apologize first and foremost all right. Sorry about that. Don't worry about it. Uh, thanks for coming back. Thank you. And you just got back from Abu Dhabi. I did. Okay. I've known you for a lot of years. Um, all of them. All of No, some. Some of your years. And I've always said that you're either going to be like broke or crazy rich and nowhere in the middle. So you, uh, right, <laughs> right before your Abu Dhabi trip, before you got the job, you were working as like a delivery man? Yeah. You were working as a delivery man for like a deli? For a Luke for Luke's lobsters on the Upper West Side. Okay. And then you got fired and then the next day you got a call saying, Hey, do you wanna go I got fired and then two days later I actually took the the plane to the Middle East. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah. why were you in the Middle East? Uh, uh, Puma put it together a trip and they said like there's a ten ten of you mostly like fashion photographers. Okay. And then me. I don't know why the fuck they picked me. And, okay. Um, so I went to Abu Dhabi to write about it for a sports website, which was amazing. Did what you so you wrote about what what did you okay you wrote about sports what was going on the uh, Volvo Ocean Race the Volvo Ocean Race Not Volvo Volvo the, okay I thought it was fun okay the yeah, Volvo yeah. Ocean <laughs> Race what what is that it's a sailing race around the world every three years um, every three years they basically sail all the way around the entire fucking planet uh, it's. Pretty and, incredible. And Abu Dhabi's the, the end point or the no, starting? Abu, Dhabi, Abu Dhabi's like a midpoint on this race. They okay. Went, they were, they're going to fucking China after they hung out with us. It was okay. really crazy. So who did you meet there? Why was it crazy? You keep saying it's fucking crazy. Well, it was the like some. It was literally the best sailors in the world hanging out. And this sounds like such a weird thing to be famous for. Um, yeah, it is. It's very hanging, weird. I mean, they're all hanging out in a place not that much bigger than this. And really? And it was kind of like you're getting access to all these people. For, for for no reason, I write dick jokes on the internet. Okay, and they basically said, "Hey, write dick jokes, but from here." So for the kid at home, the fourteen year old in Wyoming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> write dick jokes on the internet, and you too could be in the Middle East writing about it's sailors. If, if you become the human Garfield, and then you give up for about a year in the middle, and then it, everything gets a lot better. Is that how you view yourself? Do you have a tattoo? I don't, but I'm thinking about it. That might be the human Garfield. The human Garfield. That's fantastic. Like the human centipede, but with lasagna. Are you? One life. That's all you need. 
trying to think of how it would work out with lasagna. Because it really, it's just like after the first round, it's just dog food. This mic, this microphone smells like my grandpa. Don't. Ev- that's a good. Here's how I know you haven't talked to many microphones. Don't ever smell them. They <laughs> all hard, smell it's hard, bad. It's hard to miss. It smells like Billy Joel. Like actually, it smells like Billy Joel would smell. Like what era the Billy Joel? Man. I understand the piano. And does it smell like red wine? It does. Does it smell like fried food? Uh, it's it's a different it's a different thing. It's like balsamic vinegar and sadness and regret. So it's like rehab Billy Joel a little bit versus like really living it up. Not was it Christine Brinkley? Not Uptown Girl era Billy no. Joel, but maybe the River of the Night Billy Joel. Yes. Okay, perfect. Like so that's how, throwing the, the thing through the glass. Uh, that's breaking. Uh, that's called breaking glass. glass. Shit, I have that on my iPod. Anyways, uh, are you gonna use any of this writing from Abu Dhabi and like anything else, or are you done with this? I'm pretty much gonna try and work it into whatever the fuck I can at this point. Should okay, but fun, so. another reason you're gonna be back. You have books coming out. I have two books. Two, count them. One, two. All of you. Thank I you. just did that. Yeah, you did. The that was really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, what are your books about? It's nice to be on the stage and you're not trying to hit me. I never try to physically you hit you. You tried to hit me once. Really? The books are coming out mid-February. Uh, um, They're February. being released at the same time? They're being released at the same time in a box set or you can buy them uh, individually. Really? Yep. What are they about? One's a fucking uh, memoir type thing and the other one's a fiction, which is cool. Th- okay. What, what the, the fiction? Oh, the fiction. The one. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about a, a detective, and he gets told who did it. The second chapter, and he spends the next ten chapters saying, "Nah." Okay, that's it. that's pretty much the. And the, the memoir is how to be human, Garfield. Pretty much. That's fantastic. It's like it's like Garfield, but with poignant bits in the middle. So what we've learned from tonight's show overall is, uh, if you're not going to write dick jokes, write about coke on a dick. Yeah. Uh, Can I just say, Allison Weiss was fucking killer. Yeah, she was great. Like, she was great. Yeah. No one, anyone? Nope, now you're just playing to the crowd. Really? Thank you. There are two. You're playing to the three. people that I'm came not. to no, see her, cool. and they're like, stop it. You're pandering. Fuck off. Me or them? See, now they don't. Not you. Why? No, they're, they're cool. This is the fourth wall. Just me and you on a stage right now, buddy. Yeah. It's all good. It was good. All right. Allison Weiss was really good. I liked it. Ned, I'm super happy that you have the two books coming out. Yeah, thanks, um, for, thanks for bringing me up, bro. Uh, I, I'm really happy that you're no longer delivering lobsters. Not delivering, not entire lobsters, just the rolls. Oh, j- what? Just the rolls. Interesting. Okay. People pay a lot of money for those. We, should we plug that uh, delicious place? No, they fired me. Okay. So don't, don't plug that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what do you want to plug? Uh, just uh, buy the books when they come out. Go to nedhepburn.com.org.net and uh, go look at all my you have the, you Do you have your .org? I don't have a .org. Oh. That'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, do that. Could just... Friend of Ned, could you just register that and just hide it from him? <laughs> Friend of Ned. Friend of Ned. <laughs> Friend of Ned. It's your pack. It's on his driver's license. <laughs> Friend of Ned. Yes. Guy. Legally changed his name from JKC. That's going to be the nicest gift anyone ever gives you. They it change will. their name, their legal name to Friend of Ned. Thank, thank, everyone's really nice to stick around. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, yeah, Ned Hepburn. Thanks, man. Yeah, Follow man. you on Twitter. You're big on the Twitters. I am I'm big on the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I want to close the show. Uh, I want to thank Mike. That was great. I want to thank Brooke. I want to thank James. I want to thank Allison. Ned, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to the Way Station. This place is cool. Uh, they let me say dick joke. Did I even do a dick joke? Not yet. Eh, whatever. Dick joke. Dick, 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 dick joke. I got, I got one for you. Go. Why, does, why, do, why did the Frenchman have only one egg? Why? Because one egg is un F. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash YouMeetThemEverybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at The Hungry Brain, go to YouMeetThemEverybody.com.